Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Hello and welcome to today. Happy Monday. I hope that you've had a brilliant weekend and that your week ahead is going to be even more successful, more brilliant. For those of us who are dealing with stress and anxiety or, you know, I just want to encourage you that as we change our perspective, as we step out, as we move forward, as we do things that we find difficult, challenging, that it opens the way for other things, for things to change really. And um, we don't want to isolate ourselves and shut ourselves away, but we want to get out in the fresh air, get out and talk to people, be around people who are going to be supportive, and encouraging. That's um, the way in which you're going to get through this. And we work together as a community. We, you know, lean on each other. We connect with our neighbours and friends. So today, the topic is how does your garden grow? Um, it's part of the Creating in Faith recordings that I do on Mondays. So I hope that you will be blessed today. So for close to, let me see, um, at the time, I mean, I spent at least 16 years working on my garden and it turned it from just a patch of grass with a fence either side to an established place or space that can whisk you, in your mind that is, to far off destinations if you use your imagination. I've got a very different garden now and I've spent like the past um, year and a half working on it and it's, it's definitely establishing in the in the tropics and the Caribbean it's a very different but my garden in the UK reflected the amount of work that I had lovingly put in over the years and so even though it's a colder climate I had palm trees which were native to Australia and I had scented flowers, I had uh, jasmine, and this, these palm trees that I had, they also uh, gave off a jasmine-like scent. So if you imagine, they, as they swayed in the wind at the bottom of the garden, the, the smells would waft into the kitchen. It was so beautiful. I had evergreens and also a, a plum tree. So I wouldn't say that I'm an expert, but over the years I've gained much knowledge in how to look after plants and how to get the best for them. My garden was about 40% brought in as small plants, 
20% from seeds that I had planted. 10% was gifts from the birds. So as you know, they fly past and as they drop their drop-ins, a seed would fall. And I had many plants like that. I had just a, a silver birch that the, the birds had um, dropped a seed in the garden and it was just like where it grew it was just like perfect how did you know it, it needed to be grown there but there were so many lovely delightful things that grew as a result of the, the birds and 30% of my plants were grown from cuttings that I had received as um, from family and friends so we grew up in an apartment or, or flats as, as children and my mother had many house plants dotted around the house and that she would tend to and I would see her you know every morning she'd get up and she'd water the plants clean them off wipe the leaves um, and it was a daily on a daily basis and this action promoted their growth and then she would take cuttings and propagate the plants and I was always amazed that from one plant, many generations could flourish. And when I moved out of my parents into my own flat, mum would give me some cut-ins and I had things like spider plants. They, they loved, they grew so amazingly. I once did so well with my plants that, um, you know, I had a rubber plant, I had a Swiss cheese plant and the spider plants. And one um, year I did an experiment where I was talking to my plants, singing to my plants. I was doing what I saw my mum do and, you know, rubbing the leaves and making sure that, you know, they got enough light, they weren't overwatered, they were just perfect. And this one year, everything just kind of, oh my gosh, it was amazing. I had to stop because everything just, my, my, my Swiss cheese plant grew to the ceiling and was spreading, my rubber plant the same. The spider plants were just sprouting off, babies all left, right and center. And it was just like, I can't cope, I can't cope with this growth. And so it was just like, I had to stop singing to them because the only thing that was different was me singing and tending to them, making sure that their leaves were, the leaves were dusted and, um, you know that they had enough water and it was just like the singing maybe maybe I've got a healing voice who knows <laughs> you know? but it was just it was just so amazing to see and I had to I had to stop um, whilst I kind of was able to kind of get things under control and so when I started my own family I was faced with this hundred foot garden which I expressed um, early um, I just kind of mentioned in the beginning and my son Sakani who was then just two years he was determined to be my helper and I was overwhelmed at first with the size and the job at hand, but I knew that if I had a plan of what I wanted and started to read up about how to go about it, I could make the garden become what I wanted to over time. And, and what I really wanted was, you know, you hear that, you know, the garden is like an extension of the house. So it's another room that you can go in and sit in. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that space um, to, 
And the main things that I wanted as well in that space was colour, scent, birds and trees. So that, you know, in the sunny, you know, in summer, height of summer, you had shading, but you could feel the breeze, you could hear the, wrist, the whistling of the, the leaves. I was going to say clashing together, but they don't clash together, do they? And what I knew that once, you know, I got the garden shaped the way I wanted to, that it could, it could be an adventure. And I was always up for the challenge of trying something new. And I think once you start off with that vision of what you want and experience it, and that's what I've experienced with my garden now, is that I, I knew that I wanted a food forest. I knew I wanted lots of trees. There was none of that. And so I had to set about planting. So with my other garden, each year of tending to the garden brought different challenges. And my first plants that I grew from seed were sunflowers. And that is, you know, these plants are the most gratifying and very easy to grow. And with their big heads of flowers, I was able to grow nine foot specimens, which provided much food in the winter months for the visiting birds. And, you know, I mean, at the time I was growing, yeah, I was growing. I mean, we didn't eat the sunflowers, but it was just like, I'm providing extra food for the birds that in the winter maybe weren't able to, you know, this was an extra resource for them. And I, I experimented over the years with different plant combinations, learned to understand the soil and what was necessary to promote growth. And I decided quite early on that I didn't want to have one of those gardens where you had to bring plants in for the winter months or dig up bulbs. But whatever the season, with the right care, the plants were able to, to handle themselves despite the elements. And that's, that's really what I wanted uh, for it to then develop into a low maintenance garden. And those things are, you know, possible and the initial setup is the thing that you have to invest time in and then as you go along then you know it might be all you need to do is just cut back you know chop and drop or you know move take cut-ins and you know um, you then get to enjoy your garden in a different way and again the other thing that I was flexible with was the you know the birds again will always give you gifts and there were so many, there were so many lovely gifts that they gave, they dropped in the garden. And I was able to, if it wasn't in the right space that I wanted to, I could move it. But I would always, if I saw something growing, I wouldn't just immediately cut it and say, oh, that's a weed, you know, we can't have no weeds. Because even the weeds are, you know, beneficial. So I would allow them to grow and then move it. And I find, being in the garden to be a really relaxing experience but you have to work hard to get it to where you want it to be so that you can enjoy it and I find the maintaining the garden an enjoyable experience and many a time I come out it's either to relocate or plant or take a cut in some much needing might need to be done or some general tidying up 
or I can just sit with a book and enjoy the sounds of the birds. So there's so many different things that you can get from the garden. And you know, the weeds and fallen leaves are something that are always gonna be there. So you need to make sure that you keep on top of them and make it easier on yourself. For me, the weeds are a natural part of the cycle and there comes a time in our lives where we have to look at what we are doing that really doesn't add anything to our lives. But instead, like the weeds that can choke, choke progress and development. And I find that the analogies that you can find in the garden can translate themselves into your daily lives. You know, you have to work hard for your, on your dreams. You have to be focused. You have to spend time on a regular basis to see them to come to pass. You have to nurture and nourish just in the same way that you would nourish a plant and nourish the soil. And you need to take notice of those times where the plants may need an extra boost or, you know, it's rained heavily. So all the slugs and the snails have come out and they're having a fiesta. So I have to do something about them, remove them, gather them, remove them. Um, say kill them um, but you have to you know you're gonna have pests that come and you know the plants may be in a weakened state so what is it that you have to do to make sure that you can nourish the plants so it can fight off any um, attacks that may come from um, you know, from the pests that come. And what is it in your life? You know, the negative talk, the negative people that you need to maybe remove from your life or, you know, stay away from them because actually they're not adding, you know, anything to your life or everything that you do is, why are you doing that? Or you can't do that. And so sometimes you have to, again, you know, remove yourself, just like we're removing the weeds, you know, but with the weeds, so say with the weeds, put them in a bucket of water, they can go and re-nourish the, the um, they break themselves down and they can re-nourish. You know, you put them on a compost pile, the heat will kill off the seeds and then, you know, you can, you've got compost that you can put around plants. So as I talk about spending time in my garden, I, I realize that I have to remind myself to spend time looking after myself. When the winter approaches, we lose the sunlight and the much needed vitamin D. And so we need to ensure that our bodies are in tip top form and we have all the nourishment that we need. So you can still get the vitamin D by spending time outside and in the same way that I would have a clear out of the garden, looking to see which weeds were trying to find a home amongst the plants, I need to spend time in my own life seeing what activities I'm involved in or what practices that need to be stopped because they're not adding benefits to my overall health and well-being. You know, do you need to go and regularly take a, a walk? Do you need to regularly take, take some you time time to reflect, time to slow down, time to uncover. We have to be fruitful, so we have to make sure that we're doing things that 
enable us to be fruitful in all that we do. And the Bible tells us that God is the vine and we are the branches. And every now and then we have to prune that which is not being productive or bearing fruit. <laughs> Excuse me. And we can think of activities that are a waste of our time and an ineffective use of our time. You know, binge watching Netflix or, you know, a TV show that, you know, everybody in this TV show has already been paid and are getting royalties off the back series that you're watching. But what is it that you could have done for yourself in that time that you spend four hours, you know, watching or flicking through the channels to, to just numb your mind of um, actually focusing on other things that you could do. So think about that. That's, that's something that we really need to think about and take the time to not only think about what jobs need to be done in your garden, but what maintenance jobs you can do in your own life to get things ready for the different seasons that we go through, the autumn, the spring, the summer. So I just encourage you to think about all of those things that I've brought up, all of the analogies that we can use to think about how we can take time to nourish, to edify, you know, make sure that you're learning something new, make sure that you're taking the time to slow down, to stop. When the snow comes, depending on what climate you're in and everything freezes over, there's a time and a season for everything. And as it says in, you know, Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything and everything in its season. So what is it that you need to take stock of that you need to think about, that you need to reveal, that you need to uncover, that you need to cover, you know, um, to be fruitful in your own life. So I hope that's been of help and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care for now. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.